From the Museum of Science in Boston, this is Pulsar, a podcast where experts answer questions from you, our audience. I'm your host, Susan, and today's episode is going to be a little bit different. We're going to listen in on a conversation between a daughter and her mother, where the expertise is in the mother's own personal experience. As we record this podcast in early June 2020, the COVID-19 epidemic has permeated every facet of our lives. With social distancing, hand washing, and the wearing of PPE, we try to do our part as individuals. But the scientific community is also out there looking for treatments and looking for prevention in the form of vaccines. And there's over 100 different vaccines currently in development, and progress is slow but continuous. And when thinking about the development of vaccines in eradicating diseases, we often think about the historical successes of past vaccines, like with smallpox and polio. So a colleague of mine was recently having a conversation with her mom when this very subject of polio vaccination came up. And I think it's a a very personal and extraordinary context. And so I have here Heather and her mom, Kathy, to talk about their story. So mom, I've known since I was little that you were a polio pioneer in elementary school. Um, which I gather to understand means that you were in the field study of Jonas Salk's vaccine when you were in second grade, about eight years old. Is that right? Eight years old. Yeah, that's correct. So you texted me about it not long ago and reminded me of this. And I was thinking um, after getting your message about the experience of having been a polio pioneer and now living through COVID-19. And I realized I had questions about your experience as a child that I had never asked you. So I'm going to ask you now. Okay. First of all, I was thinking, I wonder what it was like to live through what was happening with polio in the early 1950s and what you remember about the impact that that had on your childhood. You know, I'm not so sure I can differentiate between what I actually remember experiencing and what I have absorbed and think I remember but uh, I know we were we could uh, we couldn't go to the swimming pool and we weren't allowed to do things where we would go and be with a bunch of children I think people didn't have any idea how it was being transmitted from one person to another and so a lot of quirky ideas came up Uh, But mostly, we were really protected. Uh, People didn't talk to young children much back then about disease or illness or death or money or anything, anything that might be scary. That was that was kept behind adult closed conversations. And so we were really protected from knowing very much about it, except that we didn't go to family reunions as much. We didn't go to um, activities where there were strangers. Um, but we did. We lived in the country, and so we didn't do that much of that anyway. So I don't feel like I was that impacted during that time, but I did get involved with the polio pioneer program when they were doing final testing of the salt vaccine. 
And it, the, what I found the, the polio pioneer pin in an old jewelry box. And when I was an, a close, a young adult and asked my mother about it, to me, at that stage of my life, it was how could you make that decision to allow me to be involved in that? Did you ask her? I did. And she, it, it, it really did, it hadn't occurred to her because I think people were, during the polio days, were so terrorized about the idea that their young children would get polio, uh, that if there was a chance they could prevent their child from getting it, they were on board. And really most of the money for, for the testing at that stage was led by parents, my mothers, the Mother's March. The March of Dimes came from that. Mothers went door to door and collected dimes to pay for the research and some of the therapies that they were using. My real reaction was later, how did you make that decision to let me be involved in it? And it was absolutely not a problem for her. It was a killed virus. So I'm sure they told that to the parents and that I'm probably sunk in on them as it's totally safe. I didn't realize until just recently that Jonas Salk had been at the University of Pittsburgh when he developed that vaccine, which wasn't very far from where you grew up and where I was born. Did you hear about efforts that were being made to develop I mean, treatments or vaccines, or do you remember being told that you were going to be enrolled in the field study? I knew that uh, we were going to get some shots, three of them. Mm -hmm. And we would line up and go to the office and get a shot. And I don't know how close together they were, but I do know that um, other, I talked to other people that I was in school with back then, and they remember kind of the same way I do. So we were being protected, I think. That's how they thought, our parents thought, well, I'm going to protect my child. I'm not, I'm going to get, if, if they can get this sooner than other people, that's great. So you didn't really have a sense of, of getting this vaccine as being something historic or experimental or extraordinary. It was just, you were an eight-year-old who was going to see a needle. <laughs> I think we, we, the word pioneer was emphasized a lot, and we were pretty proud of being pioneers. We didn't know what we were being pioneers for, but I think we were proud of being involved as pioneers. When you and Grandma talked about it when you were an adult, you didn't sense that she'd had any conflict about signing you up. None at all. But she was the kind of person who, if a teacher, the schools, or a doctor told her something was, was going to be good for us, or she'd be involved. Uh, I think people are more questioning about things now, but thank goodness that they didn't question it too much and went ahead, because there were a lot of children involved. Did Aunt Vicki, your sister, get the vaccine too? Later, when the Sabin vaccine came out, but no, she wasn't. She wasn't a polio pioneer like I was. Yeah, she was two years older, so she wasn't involved. Mom, I think that um, iron lungs were used for treatment. I've seen one at the Museum of Science, and it made quite an impression. Did you ever see one? No, 
And my sister apparently went to see a family member who was in an iron lung and had a set up where she had a book that she could read by pushing a button and it would turn the pages. But I don't remember that at all. So, Which she seemed to remember and got a bigger impression of even than the iron lung was that uh, grandma and grandpa took the sting off that experience by taking you guys to meet some puppies afterwards. St. Bernard puppies, lots of them. <laughs> I didn't see the puppies either. <laughs> when you think about this now from the perspective of being both a parent and a grandparent yourself and imagine being in her shoes, how do you think you would have felt about that decision? I think I would have asked more questions. <laughs> I would have expected more scientific answers than it's good. <laughs> And when you think about being a polio pioneer now and this time that we're all living through with COVID-19, how does that, how do you think that affects your perspective on what's happening today? Well, you know, we're, we're kind of under the impression that children are less affected. With polio, children were the most affected. Um, and so we have these protective instincts for our children I don't know if I'd sign up to be a, a test subject myself, but if it would help my children, I would. Right. I mean, you were in the at-risk group for polio and now in a more at-risk group yes. for COVID-19. Yes, I'm 74 years old. I'm, I'm in the prime target group. So I um, thank you for answering my questions. I hope that some pioneering group of us will have the opportunity to contribute to the demise of COVID-19 in the way that you did for polio. Well, I hope you don't have to, but I'll be in line. Thank you, Heather and Kathy. Um, that was amazing to be able to listen in on your conversation with each other. Um, and thanks for that, that personal look really at thinking about vaccines and what it means to, to get a vaccine, but also to be as a parent um, and having your kids get a vaccine, especially if it's something that's gonna be so life-saving and so important um, for them as it was with the polio. And thank you to our listeners for joining us today. For our future podcasts, if you'd like to have one of your questions answered by a visiting expert or a Museum of Science educator, you can email them to sciencequestions at mos.org. If you enjoyed this episode of Pulsar, don't forget to subscribe on the Apple Podcast app or on Spotify, as well as leaving a rating or review for us. And please visit www.mos.org slash science matters to support all of our Moss at Home offerings. That's it for this episode of Pulsar. Join us again soon. Mm -hmm.